Hey, hey, snakes and ladders player. Oh. No. <laughs> I used to have a band called Snakes and Ladders. No, no, no. Distracting it. No. Hey, hey, snakes and ladders. No. Hey, hey, Scrabble champ. This is Finn and Brian, and you're listening to Finn and Brian. Yeah. Hey, Knots and Crosses Pro, this is Finn and Brian, and you're listening to... Finn and fucking Brian. Hey, Snapple Drinker, how are you? Shit, really shit. Right, well, welcome to Finn and Brian. Blinkers are on, focus, and the show today is short and snappy. It's so snappy. No, the intro is... Them so short and snappy. You know, the show's, show's quite fucking, fucking long. long. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are interviewing Yvette Young. We are. Yeah. And Yvette Young is <clears throat> what's known locally as an American lady. Known locally as an American lady. <laughs> yes, and she has several fingers in perfect sort of harmony with the rest of her fingers and eyes and brain and plays a guitar and such an exquisite way right. that you will what? No, no, it's the same it's right. true though. It's true. It's man. true. Yeah. Well, you'll be my height, all right. Yeah, okay. right. But at the same time as being an amazing guitarist and a uh, oh, beautiful so person, yep. she's also a fairy tale princess. Oh no. She is. Oh I mean oh yes. Yeah, so yes. Uh-huh. Because yeah. we like fairy tale princesses because fairy tale princesses make our days. Right. Okay. Rounder. Rounder, yeah, make our days rounder. Yes, they do. They do. What would an unround day look like? A day minus a fairy tale princess. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, that's very obvious. So essentially, the thing about these podcasts is we're not going to say, "Oh, this is a new." Hey, buddy, are you looking for a new <laughs> independent music podcast where we talk about artists and stuff? It's not really that. I think we'll just talk about whatever comes up aye yeah but I mean it'll generally be music slash politics aye. slash shit that is quite wide yeah aye but one we're, of those we're wide guys well okay yeah 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 wide guys wide guys wide guys so on this show uh, we've got uh, Yvette talking for a bunch and we're asking questions well I'm asking questions but I just listen back to it and you ask one fucking question, you just make statements. And then you add in like a little question at the end out of spite. Like there's a whole like 15 minute chunk where you're trying to shape a question out of one long statement that even though it's not questions, you still answer them yourself so she can't answer them. Yeah. You get saved by that, Brian. Eh? What do you say about that? Aye. I'm shit at questions. You are shit at questions. I'm really shit at questions. Oh, yeah. I want to put this to you, though, Brian. Oh. I want to put this to you. Come on. Yvette has over 25 fingers. That's an incredible amount of fingers to be carrying around with you. If I was... Where did Yvette grow up? She grew up in... Let's pretend it's California. California. Whilst she grew up in California, if I was a local California milk man right you know if I had my own little milk dairy thing on the go where's this going if I had a dairy farm okay and I was like okay we need we need to deliver this milk we need to employ we need employees we need milk boys milk girls and somebody says hey wait a minute I can solve all your milk delivery problems in one fell swoop Yvette Young bam 25 fingers 25 25 milk bottles 
She's a scoop. Uh, you've never delivered milk, have you, Finn? I haven't. No. I haven't either, okay? okay. <laughs> but I knew three, four guys growing up who did. And they would put their fingers in the milk bottles, the empties, right? right? And so, oh. so you know, you, you've got ten fingers regularly, okay? Right. But you can get ten bottles in because you, you struggle to get one in your thumb and Shout one for your pinky. Yeah, yeah. You know, right, so yeah. you would be able to carry, manoeuvre, empty, you know, a volume of empty milk bottles, mm. but limited because of the amount of fingers you have. Right. Unless you're a vet. Fucking 25 fingers. Whoa. I mean, you, she'd probably get 23 bottles. It's a miracle that she's escaped the milk industry. I'm, I'm, I'm astonished. Let's hear from her. Yeah. Let's hear from her. Okay. Let's get all this confirmed. Yeah. Okay. I'll fade it up now. No, no. Okay, okay. Sorry. We're going to do that one more time. Yeah. No, we're okay. not. We're not. Okay. We're not. We're not. We're not. awful. Fuck it. It doesn't That's, matter. No, it's so bad. It's so Wait, bad. Can, we, can, we talk about, can we talk about tea again? Yeah, we totally can, man. In fact, let's just do, let's just do the interview, man. And what's then your we'll, favorite tea? We'll, we'll come up. Yvette. What's, what's your favorite tea? What's your favorite tea? tea, Yvette? I really like chai. I have a daughter who is 18 and she loves chai. She's been drinking chai a lot in the last two years. Personally, I'm an elder. Chai is... <laughs> chai is... What, what is chai? About? Earl Grey is good. Earl Grey is oh, good. Oh, chai is... Chai, chai is... is really comforting. I like how spicy it is. Yeah, and it's, it's really good. With uh, lots of cream and sugar. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a little cafe in Glasgow called Ch- Chayovne. Chayovna. Chayovna. Yeah. Oh, fuck, it's pron- the pronunciation police are out. Uh, Chayovna. <laughs> and they sell lovely chai tea. Um, but it's, it's nine pounds, nine sterling pounds, nine English pounds a pot. No, it's not. It wow. fucking is. No, it's not. It it's is. like four or five pounds. They charge me nine. There better be <laughs> gold in that tea. That's what I was thinking. Nine pounds. I want smack in that tea. That is a prime example. I want you talking absolute shite, man. It costs like five or. It's a fucking nine pounds. What kind of tea do you get? Chai. All right, man. I feel like I'm I'm interviewing you. Okay, right, cool. Evet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, man. So here, yes. here's an actual a, a question about music stuff. Um, uh, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be so boring, Finn. We need, we need the least one. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so, dude, what's it like, uh, like being an artist that tours extensively? Like, how does that fit into the rest of your life? It's pretty crazy. Like when I went to, well, I'm gonna give you some background about what I studied and stuff like that. Like I went to college, I picked up guitar around the same time I was in college. And, you know, I was studying, I went to art school, essentially. And I also minored in um, education, like visual performing arts education. And at the time, I thought after college, I would just, I guess, take up a job teaching kids or something. But it was weird, because it's like, after I got out of college, the music stuff started taking off and I really didn't know what to do with um, my scheduling because on one hand I wanted to get a responsible adult job and be uh, financially secure, (laughs) but on the other hand I kind of wanted to explore where music could take me more and I mean I was given all these like wonderful opportunities and I figure it would have been a waste to just squander them and and not do them while, while I'm young, so... These days I just work 
part-time, do as many odd little jobs as I can. I, I still teach kids art. I um I apprentice at a tattoo shop because I want to do that as a side gig. And then I teach guitar. And then all of the other time I have is devoted to my band and touring. I'm really lucky because my job right now lets me just take off months for tour, and they're completely understanding. So very, I feel very fortunate. Cool. Cool, man. That sounds like a really kind of bohemian sort of lifestyle cadet what does bohemian mean <laughs> bohemian means, yeah. means you do whatever the fuck you want that's what i thought it meant yeah, but i wasn't yeah, too yeah. sure all right man well yeah that that sounds um roughly what i was getting at there uh that that sounds really really cool it sounds really really interesting and, and um i just wanted to pick up on something you were saying about the kind of tattoo like and the kind of visual art stuff you do and one of the kind of running themes that i kind of noticed through your kind of work like I kind of see it on Instagram and uh, Instagram <laughs> just Instagram really uh, but, uh, <laughs> Instagram and Bebo and Bebo, Bebo. I've been yeah. seeing a lot of your stuff in Bebo yeah. recently and it's you know what is Bebo oh exactly exactly okay but I'm seeing no 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 let's answer Yvette's question Yvette Bebo was uh kind of was one of the first early is one of the first social media sites which died a death as soon as Facebook came along. Yeah, man. Like, like used to like all be... the kids are on Bebo. <laughs> it was kind Wait, of like. Wait, but I have a Bebo. No, I was just I was just <laughs> taking the piss, man. I, yeah, I, I haven't oh, seen okay. anything of Bebo. That, that was that, that was kind of based on the fact that you knew what Bebo was, and that's why it fell flat on its fucking face. So. All right, Brian. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry about that. Well, sorry now about I, that, I learned something. Yeah, you have. You have. I feel. I feel like it's a useless thing to learn, but it's still there. It's still like yeah. the act of learning is, yeah. is arguably more important than the content. Yes. I just made that. That just <laughs> sounded like it was right. I don't think it was. Um, but back to that kind of running theme, it's kind of like birds. Birds seem to be kind of something that like kind of crops up. And, I, and it, like kind of hearing your song, there's a lot of stuff about like kind of running or flying. Well, flying would relate more to birds that kind of like getting away and stuff like that and obviously birds with their kind of migratory sort of deal they have going on like um do you have a kind of affinity to birds oh do i (laughs) i uh i own a lot of right now in my backyard i don't know if you hear them um but i have two parrots i have a jende conier and i have an indian ringneck their names are jekyll and bartok respectively and then I have a couple of parakeets or budget airs. Um, and then um, I have two chickens. Oh. So I love birds. I grew up raising them. And I guess for me, they're kind of nostalgic because my parents, um, I guess we always had birds around the house. And we, we used to hatch lovebirds. Like we used to incubate the eggs and hatch them wow. by hand and feed them by hand. And um, I also just, I mean, they're, birds look dope. Like they're, just, they're <laughs> so cool. They fly. And um, <laughs> I, I envy their freedom. I envy them being able to just leave anytime and migrate anywhere. Mm, they're sure. really, a, I don't know, they're symbolic and also literally, I just think birds are so sick. Sweet, man. I noticed as well that you, you named one of the parrots Bartok. And um, I remember I had to learn a Bartok piece for like Mahari music in, in school, <laughs> basically because like my piano skills were not up to scratch and they were like, we need to find something that's grade five, but isn't really. And Bartok obviously uses like all these just fucking weird chords, man. 
And like, yeah. even though there was like two chords in the whole piece and it was just like, it was all about the kind of dynamics and stuff. And that's what brought it up to the right grade that I needed to be. But my point there was, um, I noticed on, um, I think uh, you're endorsed or sponsored by, it's like EMG pickups or some sort of guitar or something. They were saying that you had like a kind of a classical like upbringing and you were playing kind of in orchestras and stuff. And I was wondering what kind of what the story was behind that and and how much that's kind of influenced or maybe that's not a good question um, <clears throat> no no and it's great <laughs> it's a fantastic question it's a quality question okay <laughs> um, <laughs> i just saw you kind of recoiling back i was like mm. <laughs> oh no that was just me stretching <laughs> oh sweet Sorry. yeah i keep forgetting it's the morning um, right? uh so basically i used to I used to hate music because my parents forced me to play piano and violin and I did all these competitions and I I like was basically pitted against other children in my ability to correctly interpret a baroque piece like it was just it took the joy out of music for me because I think music is very much about like self-expression and um I don't know like you can't I don't think you sh you should compete with art forms. Like art is so pure and it like comes from your heart and it's like pitting feelings against each other kind of in my opinion. Um but anyways, I grew up with a uh, classical piano. I started when I was 4 mm. and then I took on violin and I joined two orchestras, which was fun, but I didn't really have much uh I didn't really take much pleasure in I guess playing pieces that I was dictated on. Like, I kind of just like doing my own thing. Sure. So that's why I decided to take up guitar. I mean, it's a long story why I took up guitar, but I mean, part of the reason, part of the many reasons was because it, it just gave me freedom to interpret the music I want. It kind of helped me escape from my classical upbringing a bit. Not that I dislike classical music. Like, mm -hmm. I really do have an intense appreciation for it. But at the time, I was immature, and I just wanted to play rock and roll or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can, I mean, for me, like, um, where, I'm ta <laughs> where I'm talking quite a lot here, but... Um, for me, like with, with your kind of guitar pieces and whether it's like instrumental with the vocals as well, um, they kind of feel almost classical in a sense, the way they're kind of sometimes quite kind of through composed sort of thing, like where there's not like a kind of chorus and a verse sort of thing. It, it, they seem to be kind of built like kind of pieces, if that makes sense, more than... ABA sort of songs. Yeah. No, even, definitely. Even the like, technique on one the of guitar. My yeah. Sorry. Yeah, like tapping and stuff. Everyone's like, oh, you're playing the guitar like a piano. Sure. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely owe my finger dexterity to all my years of classical training. Like, piano is is uh, really tricky. I mean, it's on one hand, it's a little bit simpler to interpret than guitar because it's linear. So mm -hmm. you, everything's spelled out for you. You don't have to think about moving horizontally or vertically. Vertically, yes, moving <laughs> vertically. It's a horizontal instrument. But on the other hand, you, you have like so many things that you can do with like polyphony and stuff. So like you can use your left hand to play certain voices. Like in Baroque music, you have like five different voices going on at once. And I think that's something that's a little bit trickier to accomplish on guitar. But um, so in terms for, of my compositions. For people that, that may be coming in without kind of like 
musical kind of theoretical background like when you say polyphony yeah I, I guess it's like poly so you're using <laughs> different different multiple hands to play different things multiple voices yeah yeah Just, like it's crazy how many different voices you can pick out of some classical music it's like wow like there's literally five different melodic lines going on right now and they all you know this counterpoint which is another broke term it's just like yeah. it's just really really clever like it's it's genius music in my opinion but um going back to what you said about my compositions like mm -hmm. i definitely it's funny because people recognize my stuff as like being kind of technical but like for me the technicality is just a tool like ultimately i want to do i care the most about songwriting i think and uh, I love dynamics. Like, I love romantic era music. That was always the kind of classical music that um, touched me the most. Like, I felt it in my heart when I played it. Um, and I feel like I kind of want to carry that on to stuff I write. Like, have dynamics, have con uh, texture, contrast, and have some kind of development in the music that feels cinematic, I guess. I don't know. When I write, oh, I always think of some kind of narrative, and I try to convey that narrative through note choice and dynamics and whatnot. <laughs> okay, that sounds really interesting. So that's kind of how you're approaching the songwriting. You have a narrative in mind with with the so taking aside kind of the the lyrics, where I guess most people would tell the story. If, if so, you're saying you're kind of telling the story through instrumentally as well as lyrically, or yeah, I think lyrics are, on one hand, I personally think I'm a shit lyricist. Oh, am I allowed to swear? Sorry, I'm a terrible lyricist. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, I, I don't know, like for me, lyrics are kind of tricky because it's hard to, sometimes it sounds too, not simple, but like too like, you know, generic. Like, oh, like, I love you. You love me. Life is cool. Like, <laughs> you know, and then sometimes if you try to get too metaphoric, it sounds pretentious. So I always struggled with that balance. Um, I think my way of kind of uh, dealing with that is trying to use more melodic components to tell the story. Like, and I think it, it leaves it more open ended so that people can project whatever they want, what kind of whatever story, whatever feeling they want into the music. And I think it makes it somehow more meaningful. I always appreciated instrumental music for that reason, because if I'm having a bad week or if I'm dealing with some problems, like I could just listen to it and project whatever I want into it. Similar to looking at an abstract painting, like, you know, it tells a story, but part of the story is within you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with your... Um what you're saying regarding lyrics and how words come and how difficult it is. there's a thin line between cliche and you know having something that actually affects you and can be interpreted quite easily you know um i i i, I think i think lyrics are a difficult thing for for any writer you know to actually write something down, read it back, sing it back, and for it to come back out your mouth, and for it not to be shit. I think that's the, I think that's the, a huge goal achieved, you know? Yeah. If you believe in it, yeah. Yeah. Did you get that of it? Um, can you say that one more time? It was breaking up really bad. Ah, okay. It was quite long. Um, okay. I was I'm just, sorry. 
That, no, 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 I, I don't mind it. I just for, for, for you to listen to it again. What? It's like being at the restaurant again. I know. He thinks I'm shit with people. He thinks I'm really shit with people, but I try really hard. I, I think I'm, I'm, pro- I'm probably on, on some fucking spectrum somewhere. It's just, I'm basing it on, um, like, me and Brian sometimes, like, because Br- Brian produces, like, because the, 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 the stuff that I do, Brian, Brian kind of produces it. Uh, so we'll, like, mm-hmm. record, and then we'll maybe go and get some dinner or something like that. And like within fucking seconds, the waitress will hate us. Will hate us because of Brian. Because of Brian. <laughs> I'm not sure how he does it, man. But he'll just say something like that's just a wee bit, a wee bit needly or something like that. And they'll, they'll <laughs> take a hump. Like I'm genuinely every trying to be nice. Time. I'm genuinely trying to be nice. Every time. No. Anyway, with that in mind, take yeah. it away. I don't. Yeah. I don't hate Brian. Not yet. Thank you, Vet. Thank you. I do need to work <laughs> on my social skills. It just seems to be with waitresses, though. I'm fine with... Um, no, it's with people. People? It's with people. Really? To be fair, I haven't really seen you other people. Right. Fair yeah. enough. We'll, we'll experiment yeah. with that. Yeah. Okay. What I was saying, is it clearer now? Uh, a little bit. It's weird. It sounds like a little bit like staticky, but I think I can understand if you speak slowly and enunciate. Okay. I, I was... What I was saying was that I think there's a thin line when you write lyrics. I, I, I write words too, and I think there's always a, a, a thin line between writing, you know, it's like, obviously you want to avoid cliche, uh, but equally you want to avoid pretentiousness, and there's a thin line between getting something that is that affects you emotionally to come, to come out of your mouth, for you to sing it, and for, and for you not to think, that shit. Yeah. You, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That that's quite for me. That that that's the bar. It's like, oh fuck! Thank God that's not shit. You know. So <laughs> I think to get to there is it, it takes it takes me a while. You know. I, I I'm I would I'm not prolific at all. I just but words I always find them difficult to come by. But when they come along, they seem to make sense. And you know, in general, there's always a bit of editing going on. I think if you have the guts. And and um, if you're brave enough to just look at them and say, no, it's not good enough. It's not. If you just keep pushing yourself, I think you will end up with something that you can just, you know, you can quite easily just let it come out. You know, let people sing it to people and, and for you not to feel like really shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it takes... Yeah. A, a, Do you know yeah. what I mean, though? Do you think... I, 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 it's just... See, so writing lyrics for me has been... It's taken a long time for, before I got there because I've always worked with artists who wrote their own words, vocalists who write their own words. Mm-hmm. So I've never really had to, you know? It's only in the last eight, nine years I've started to write things down. Um, but... So I, I feel I'm quite new to that process as well. Mm-hmm. Um... And and I'm always very quite hard on myself. Do you do you find yourself do you do you, do you try and be hard on yourself when you're when you're when words come and you you think they're okay? Then you look at them the next day and you think actually that could be better. That could be better. Do you push it like that? How do you? How's your process? I'm super hard on myself. Like I can't even listen to stuff I write. Like I refuse to listen to it because I'm, I'm such a perfectionist, like to a fault. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just I pick out little things that I wish I could have changed, and I 
become a little bit obsessed with like getting everything exactly how it sounds in my head. Like I'm the same way with visual art. Like mm-hmm. I have this image of what I want in my head and if it's not exactly what is in my head, like I get a little bit frustrated. But that isn't to say that I like dwell on it or anything. Like it's just something to learn from at the end of the day and something to work on for my next whatever it may be picture or song um definitely I think I mean the end result is important but I think the process is is what is the most important out of something and that's something that I'm trying to work on because um sometimes I may look at songs and I'm like oh like that's terrible why did I even release that but then later I'm like wow well it's improvement and it shows that I've grown Hmm. yeah I, th- I think I think if you al- I think if you always keep that in mind, I think that's the thing is it, it is it is about development, isn't it? And it all, you can listen to something and you you can see things can have merit, uh, but you know it, it could be better. But you know it's it's a, it's a moment in time, and the next thing can be you know you can you can learn from it. You know you can always learn from it, but you can always learn from everything. You know that's the thing. Yeah. Right? I think like for me like with with music like this like especially like the stuff early on I don't know if it's the same for you of it uh, um but I have songs that I really maybe never want to hear again that I've written like a long time <laughs> ago but I still make sure that my mum's got them on her computer somewhere because I know that yeah. for me like I didn't really keep a diary so um I feel like if I kind of enter that kind of world of when I when I wrote that song, it, it opens up all these memories and stuff that I kind of forgotten I had. So there's something really powerful, I think, in, in keeping the stuff that you dislike in, in the moment, you know. You can go back to it. And I like, actually have a... Hmm. I actually have a box of CDs. Very few people know this, but I have an album that I never ever released or posted anywhere Ooh. that I have physical copies of. I have like 60 physical copies and they're all in a box in my garage and it's all really, really old songs that I've written. <laughs> like, like MySpace times. <laughs> it was like really terrible. And I refuse to listen to it because it makes me cringe listening to my prepubescent voice. <laughs> like, but, um, but it's there. I guess it's there. It's there. And if I wanted to, I could, I could easily, uh, I could easily listen to them well, or that, destroy them. That's that's so. part of your journey. You know, I mean, wh- whether you do what you do with them is up to you. But it's still part of your journey to where you are now, and it, it will, and it will still ha- will inform where you go. Yeah. The end. The end. End result of a song doesn't have to be that it's released. You know, it's. it's not always. Yeah. No. no. Um, it helped me get better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's power, and I mean, I'm like, I'm very, very interested in kind of music therapy and stuff like that, and using music yeah. in a way that's not business-minded. It's it's just kind of how can we use this tool to kind of um, engage with people that don't necessarily engage that well verbally, like you know, music is totally a valid form of therapy like it's medicine at the end of the day like I touched upon why I took up guitar earlier as me wanting to kind of do something for myself but um uh, I guess a lot of people don't know that I actually taught myself guitar in the hospital because I was really sick and I was stuck there for like a year and I had I just wanted a way to vent my emotions and 
I was really mm -hmm. depressed at the time, so a lot of my lyrics were like real sad and bleak. But I firmly maintain that if I didn't have guitar, if I didn't have songwriting as an outlet, I would probably not be here today, <laughs> as grim as that is. So that's something Ooh, that I, I learned. From, <laughs> I don't from think that's that grim at all. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for thanks for sharing that, man. That's um, absolutely yeah, that's quite quite a powerful sentence, and it, it kind of it it kind of resonates with me a, a, a bit as well. I think that. I don't know, like my, my relationship with music and also uh, I worked in, in, in Childline for a while and, and kind of speaking to kids that, you know, you would get, Childline's a thing over in the UK, basically it's like a free uh, phone line for young people under 18, they can call um, if they're feeling shit, basically. I used to do a kind of Monday night shift in that. Um, so it was surprising how many kids use it as as a coping mechanism, like, uh kind of in in tandem with or sometimes uh instead of kind of self-harm or something like self-harm is like the the main one like that's what most kids were kind of doing that were calling but like it was re it I, I find it really powerful being able to introduce not necessary alternatives but something like sometimes you could you could go to this music or something instead and um and sometimes like young people can get really interested in music and be like, I'm actually getting this release from from guitar or from or just from listening or whatever. I think yeah, I really agree. I think it can be a really powerful tool. And it sounds like it's it's been really, really um useful um for you in a in a lot of ways. Yeah, like definitely I struggled with the whole self harm thing a lot when I was little or younger. Um and I definitely think that music was a healthy way to channel some of those negative emotions and it also gave me self-confidence like it's funny because being a musician like being self-critical it can make you feel like shit about yourself sometimes because you're like oh man like I'm not growing I'm not developing mm -hmm. but it also has this amazing ability to empower you and give you a voice mm -hmm. when maybe you're not necessarily outspoken but when you sing a song or when you write lyrics or you know, you, yeah. you can say something and you all of a sudden have a voice. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really amazing. Like, I I am firmly all for using music and art to help people, <laughs> sick people, depressed people, any sure. any person, anyone. Everyone just wants to be related to at the end of the day. Everyone just wants to be understood. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really, like, it's into both me and Brian. There's, um, we were talking earlier, there's this kind of guitar group thing that I run. And Brian's run it a couple of times. And it's really interesting to see, like, um, yeah, you you have a, a whole mixture of people um, coming to it, or any group, that group, I don't want to just narrow it down to that one group, but any group that I run with young people or whatever in schools, there'll be people coming in that have a lot of shit going on outside of that group. Um, but the thing with guitar is that it's something that's really easy to kind of focus in on. Um and it's difficult to focus on anything else when you're playing a song or whatever, because you've you've got the pressure of trying to keep everything right for the rest of the group and stuff like that. And you're trying to like, so it's it's yeah. really <laughs> really beautiful to see people like kind of that be in their focus rather than 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 focus on like oh this shit is happening outside. Like I've got a lot of pain going on here and here and here. Like having having that 
having that getaway, having that it's access a, to a getaway it's is a distraction, isn't it? It's yeah. If you learn guitar, you know, you've a few chords and having that there, just mm-hmm. having something, I think is for me almost all, more important than releasing music and stuff like that. That's I mean, I I I I almost get more joy out of that kind of therapeutic working with people in a therapeutic way than than writing uh, R- writing music is therapeutic yeah. for yeah. for me yeah i know but but I, I, I i i feel quite similar it's a, quite a very selfish thing i mean releasing music for me is actually it's kind of it's just like getting it out of the way do you know what i mean yeah it's yeah like, the, the it's releasing like, process, it's like documenting, process, I don't find that, documenting that your work fun. doing it and then f- moving the fuck on to whatever you, it's, you know it's, mm. it's like I mean, get, it's nice get, to have other people kind closure. of react. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it is a closure. Yeah, it is, uh-huh. The fun thing is, like, I, I, we have a blast, like, rec- <laughs> sometimes we have a blast recording. Um, yeah, man, it's that, it's that, it's, yeah, it is, it's See, such a powerful tool. I, I think it's a difficult thing for artists. I mean, we all work in the same field, uh, and... I think sometimes it's quite insightful for people who don't to hear how we go about our work, but we could be in any field talking about it. And unless you have an express interest in it, it, mm. it it's quite, it's very, you talk, you said, said earlier, it's quite narcissistic, you know? And I think, I think there's a thin line as well. I, I think it's almost like, it's like a little, you, you become part of a little club where you have X amount of leeway where you can talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. But then it goes beyond that, and then it's just you're just fucking dull. Well, I think it's rare. It's rare you can, you can get in a room of people and actually talk about the process, which is the most exciting and, and interesting thing mm-hmm. of, of, of what we do. You know, that's the most interesting part of it to me. Like yeah, for exactly. some people, like I go to I go to this uh, I go to this convention every year called NAM. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know I've what heard, it stands for. That. Something yeah. that. Some music, some music <laughs> It's like thing. an acronym. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like where all these big companies and they're basically the, the a gathering of the music industry. Like it's for me, like a lot of people genuinely derive pleasure from the business aspect of it. The whole selling an image, this whole making mm. something marketable, like all of that. It never really felt um, like genuine or authentic to me not to say that it isn't genuine like some people genuinely love business and Mm -hmm. where my joy lies is definitely in the process and in just the songwriting component and then also the therapeutic benefits of music the Mm -hmm. whole when you I remember the first time I picked a guitar I strummed it and the vibrations of the strings just felt so good I was just like wow especially when everything's in tune sure like Oh man, like the way that it makes you feel, it just like warms your heart. So for me, it has always been about self-expression. But for mm-hmm. some people, I think it's more about the whole um, like promoting yourself and releasing mm-hmm. albums and trying to sell yourself as, you know, this artist. I think it's sure. cool. I wish I was I wish I was more good at it. But at the end of the day, like I just like to write music and make songs. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it's it's a balance, isn't it? And it's a balance mm-hmm. that it, you've got you've got to find your own balance. I I don't have any problem with people pushing themselves in a the business sense if that's if that's what they want. Um, you have to to survive. Like mm. if you want to be a musician, you have yeah. to you have to eat at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. yeah, you have to you have to if if you want to make money from um, 
what PRS or Torin or people have to know that you, you're putting stuff out. So there is a balance there. Um, yeah, it's just. I think I think I find it interesting that the way music industries moved in the last ten fifteen years, particularly the last the more more recent times. Um, it's like every musician, every artist is like their their own little cottage industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. have to take you have to take care of everything. You know, sure. And in some ways, it's really it's quite cathartic. So, yeah. You know, because it's yeah. you know you, you you've got an, you've got a hand in the whole the you know like the artwork and the if you do videos videos you know you can have you can to do with that you can take to do with production how the you know it's just an aspect of it that. It's kind of forced upon you, but I think in a lot of ways that's really healthy. I think, yeah, I mean, I think, like, um, certainly, like, um, the last, like, I don't know, um, like, when I grew up, or the generation I grew up in, whatever, um, I grew up in, like, 90s, 2000s sort of thing, like, I think I think sorry. What am I trying to say? I think like the <laughs> I, the idea of the idea of top down is slowly kind of changing. I think I think people that are growing up now have a different idea of what that is. Like uh, when I was growing up, it was very much like one with in in the sense of music. Like a label was making the decision. Like they decided what music should be released. And, and, and what and trousers where, you wore. Yeah, what trousers you wore and where you tore and stuff like that. Now it seems yeah. to be artists are like, you do all that stuff. And if you're doing really well, then labels will give you a push. Um, there seems to be a lot yeah. more, kind of, it seems to be a lot more self-directed. Because there's such a saturation of artists, labels couldn't possibly take care of that, that amount. So it's like, you know, take care but, of yourself. But, but, and it, it seems to be working. There's also, there's also this whole thing with it, with obviously cherry picking, you know, there were maybe, the, you know, de- decent size independents because there's very few big companies left, but, but good size independent labels. It's almost like they want to see artists who can generate an audience for themselves before they'll back them. It's weird. It's like you have to prove yourself or yeah. prove your worth yeah. to them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which, but, but, which, but, which but you're sense. also doing a lot of the work for them. You know, in the past, they would give, give you time and yeah. money to develop as an artist. And then, you know, you gradually build up, you know, like a band like R.E.M. or whatever, you know, just like Garage Band. And then mm. they're taking years. They were given just left to do what they wanted, you know. And, yeah. and, and what that resulted in was their development as songwriters and artists, you know. You won't, you won't get that now. That, that doesn't happen now. And labels will only really invest money in people who have a proven on the top record, end of it know? on the kind of top pop end sure no, it's I'm, hard no, I'm, I'm talking about independent artists I'm talking about independent artists I'm, I'm talking about the labels who uh, any of us or any of our kind of friends who would be signed to you know the, those labels don't exist anymore you know there's just what's left the kind of reachable level of backing is this like big independent labels mm. you know like 4ED Domino something like that you know um, what they called Fat uh, Drag City or something you know it's just Fat Cat as well yeah Sub Pop you know what I mean they're, 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 they've been there they've been around a long time and there's very few of them who will sign new artists but the artists that they do sign and release everyone has worked hard at it themselves yeah. and raised their own profile you know it sounds yeah. like a better way of doing it to be honest yeah uh, so, Yvette, we're going to play A Map, A String, A Light, Part 1. 
Um, do you want to give us like just a wee bit of background about the song before we get it playing? Yeah, um, basically I wrote the song when I was feeling down and it's a, it's a, lar- it's a lot to do with uh, feeling trapped and feeling like you can't have mobility in both a literal and a more metaphorical sense. And I remember at the time I was feeling very down because I didn't feel like I could escape some things in my life. And I wrote that song. I had the narrative of um, basically like two kids running away from home and running through the forest and basically wanting to um, escape whatever life they had. And uh, it ends with a visual uh, of like looking at the sky lying in the grass. And that was um, that was a reference to one time where I just ran away. Um, from home and I went into the forest and I found this patch of grass and I just stared at the sky and I just thought about life and it made me feel a lot better. So it's supposed to end on an optimistic note. Mm. And a really funny thing about the story, uh, the song was when my parents heard it, um, I don't really show them my music because, uh, I don't know, it's more of like a um, mom and dad, you just don't understand kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but my, they found it inevitably as they always do. Um, and they thought it was a song about me wanting to kill myself. <laughs> so they were like, they were like, Oh my God, you need a therapist. And they're like, no, 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 no. Look, let me explain. <laughs> so I don't know. This is a funny anecdote right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice laugh there. Like. <laughs> the forest and the sky was your therapist that yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Cool, man. Uh, well, that sounds really interesting. Let's uh, take, a map, a string, a light, away. By away, I mean, let's take it away. Oh, that was shit. Come on, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> do it again. What do you want me to say? I wanted to say a map, a string, a light, part one. That's what I wanted to say.
like people to hear particularly and for what reason you don't need to answer that right now you can have a think about it uh, I I believe in a thing called love by the darkness uh, we don't have that song that's, um, <laughs> oh wait I this can't... isn't a radio station 
I don't. I, yeah. We can't find it, Brian. We I can't find it. The darkness. Uh, the darkness. I think it's shit. Yeah, yeah. They were really shit. I'm really trying yeah. a bit. I'm really trying, but it's it's not coming up. I, I, I mentioned that song because that was that was the first. Um, I was brought up really Christian and really classical, sure. so that was the first. I remember my mom would just make me listen to like hymns and like um, classical pieces all the time, and I was like, "Oh my god, so bored." So one day I was on the plane, and then right. my par- my uh, parents were asleep next to me, and they had this uh, alternative rock station on the plane. And oh I yeah. Was like, dare I? And then I uh, <laughs> I clicked it, and the first song that came on was "I Believe in a Thing Called Love." Called by the darkness and i was just so thrilled i was like what is uh, this like wow <laughs> okay so. well we've we found it unfortunately it's only online as a 25 second clip so we can play that <laughs> um we're not it's just such a that. shame no no uh, we're not playing that event no no it's an important we'll we'll, we'll put a clip we'll, we'll put a clip underneath what you're saying there um, okay. <laughs> will we yeah. yeah, but the darkness thing, the darkness yeah. thing. Yeah. I've seen, uh, this is uh, going to, this is going to blow your mind a bit. I've seen the darkness live um, ah, at really? the SCCC in Glasgow. Really? Yeah. Kept that quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the darkness, um, 50 Cent and G-Unit, Linkin Park. Oh, the the same show? Like that, that was one That would be amazing. No, no, all separate. <laughs> like there was this... Okay. <laughs> There was this dude, Cameron, in my school um, when I was in... Big up Cameron. Big up Cameron McClellan. Used to live... <laughs> Shout out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he always seemed to have tickets to um, the SCCC. And he would always have a spare one for me, like free. Wow. And I was like, all right. So we went into the darkness. To... What, did you, what did you do for him, Finn? Pff, fuck that's, hell, that's what, that's what you, Nothing. <laughs> nothing. nothing. Oh. I wasn't even that good a friend. Oh. Um, right, so... Uh, I mean, he was a great friend. I yeah, was yeah. just... He was great to you, but you were yeah. shit to him. Aye. Aye. But, but, like, when we were watching The Darkness, like, the, towards the end of the set, he got on to, like, a white tiger. Not a real one, but, like, a... Oh, okay. a, a stuffed white tiger, I guess, or a model white tiger. And then it went up... It was, like, on, like, big strings sort of thing. <laughs> and it went up on the ceiling of this huge venue. And he, like... He was like flying around the venue doing a guitar solo, man. It was pretty cool. Dressed as a tiger. He was on a tiger. A white riding a tiger. Riding a tiger. That's, that's like some spinal tap shit. Yeah, yeah. It was spinal tap shit. It was. It was pretty good though, man. <laughs> the dad was worse. The, the dad was where the kind of nineties version of spinal tap. They weren't. They just, they just didn't know. <laughs> no one ever showed the dad was a spinal tap film. What about um, any any kind of local bands or something like that or? Uh, any local bands that I'd suggest? Yeah, like the, yeah. The, the, oh. not not just like oh they're a local, but like someone that you really really love, man. Yeah, see my question, Yvette, that I asked you like the big long question. But don't answer that. Uh-huh. Okay. It was of your. It was a track of yours. I was meaning not a track of. Um, but but we got that that story, which was brilliant. But it was, I was it, just uh, I was just um, as you guys say, taking the piss. Taking you the guys. piss. Right? I agree. I know. I know, I know that. And, and, that and that was very fine. Oh, we've, but got, we've got. We've got, we've got the uh, Yvette sent over the two tracks. All right, so that's all done. Aye, that's all done. Uh, Communication. Adventure Spirit, the instrumental track that I sent. I, yeah. I like that one because it's, uh, it's kind of the direction that I'm headed. So the cello, with the cello on it's it. The cello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. And I have um, two songs that I'm 
working on recording. One of them I'm working on lyrics for, but um, I have two in the process that sh- should be out, I guess, one day. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Um, yeah, we're gonna we'll close out the show with the um, instrumental. instrumental one, which is called uh, Adventure in Ad- Springtime. Adventures. Adventure spirit. Adventure spirit. <laughs> Adventures in the darkness. <laughs> um, nice, 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 nice. Right. I'm trying to think. I was, re- I was, I was really, really interested in in your kind of in your thoughts in the kind of therapeutic side of it. Um, I kind of, I kind of stopped short of asking too much on that because I thought we'd go, okay. we'd go down in like a in a hole. Uh, of just like just as like that kind of therapeutic stuff, I'm really interested in. So like, um, uh, me too. <laughs> so yeah, but now I can't think of a, a good opening question for what, that. For what? Um, like kind of music therapy stuff. But we've we've talked long and hard about that. We have talked well, not long and hard enough for me. But but for, but for an for an you know yeah I think I think we've got some really nice stuff. Yeah, I think there's really some some really nice stuff from you there, and you know your both experience is experiences of working with in therapy with using music as therapy for people yeah 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 for me it's self-therapy music self-therapy well yeah for me as as well i think i I definitely write (laughs) we're all just yeah we're all just (laughs) i write selfishly but like i wasn't I was definitely really surprised to see how many people actually, like, listened to my acoustic album. Like, I thought, like, I would get, like, four downloads and, like, one person would buy it and that person would be my mom or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, but then I didn't expect it to, to really, I guess, touch so many people. I, I get emails all the time being like, wow, like, that really, really touched me. And, like, I've been going through a hard time and it really helped me get through it. And it really surprises me and it really means a lot to me because I wrote that that whole album was basically me purging my depression out and I wrote the songs over a period of like two years something like that so a lot of it was very personal for me and I didn't expect other people to get anything out of it but it's a really good feeling to know that you're helping people inadvertently (laughs) yeah I think it it um it shows it shows the value i think in in taking the time to do that kind of, that that kind of long process and also i think like the word the word kind of like like selfish and selfishness and stuff like that has been really bastardized i think you have to you have to be really selfish to be there's nothing to be available for other people i find um, there's nothing wrong with being selfish like mm. i used to think it was a bad thing because my, my parents called me it all the time but at the end of the day you, you i think it's it's healthy to be a little bit selfish and to have your pursuits and to, to, to love yourself i think there's nothing wrong with self-love mm-hmm. oh yeah i like um yeah i mean i i, I did some postgraduate study in, in counseling and like like that kind of totally changed my kind of mindset on on that kind of uh because I had to deal with it, it sound like over dramatic, but I like as a like a between maybe uh, let's see when I went to New York, uh, probably between like eleven and maybe twenty two, twenty one, twenty two. Like I like my level, my like kind of go to is I like fucking hated myself, man. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> that yeah, like like really that 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 was my kind of normality and I didn't really realize that until 
um, I started to unpack some of that shit and, and realize how useless that was making me for other people, you know, because I'm constantly mm. on this, this, this kind of thing where I'm like, I hate myself and I'm useless and stuff like that. And I, I was, I was really useless in situations when someone else came up and they're like, oh, I'm having this, this issue or something like that. And if your kind of go-to is like, I'm shit, then it, it's not really going to be very, very useful for this other person. So I found yeah, that it, I, I have to be, I have to like put myself first sometimes and concentrate on my music and, and kind of block everything else out for a while so I can kind of be like, listen, I've got some extra, extra kind of, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. I feel like I can, I can take on board some of your stuff and, and yeah. Yeah, put one foot into where you're at and keep one foot out where I'm still at, you know? You have to be a complete, um, full, self-actualized person to help other people. Um, and I think whatever it takes for you to get there. <laughs> mm. Like, with music and stuff, like you have to be <laughs> confident enough to put yourself out there for people to get something from it. Mm. And did you see that album, the album, the acoustic one you're talking about, the one that kind of purged two, you know, it took two years for you to kind of realize, oh, all this makes sense as one piece of work. Did you? How did the release of that come about? Did you? How did the what? The release of it. Did you send it to anyone, or did you just have someone who knew you that that wanted to do it anyway? I'm like so DIY. <laughs> I basically record, I was like, everyone was pushing me to get stuff recorded because all I had at the point were a bunch of really shitty YouTube videos are recorded on my phone and webcam. And everyone's like, this is great, but you should record it. And finally, I was like, you know what? I have enough songs that I don't hate for um, a, an album. So I recorded it with the help of my friends from this band, Wander. They're like a local post-rock band. They're really good. Um, but they basically helped me record in their garage and I spent a couple of rainy nights just recording really ghetto style in a garage and that album came out and my friends I don't have any like production skills I don't know how to mix and master or anything um so I had some of my friends in the scene help me do all the mixing and mastering and I did the artwork in one night and I just put it up and I was like finally I have music enjoy <laughs> <laughs> and uh I didn't expect it to pick up so much steam. Like, a lot of people reviewed it and stuff. I didn't submit it anywhere. I just posted a link to my band camp, and I was like, I finally have music. <laughs> yeah. That's great, man. That's I know. Really, I think, really I cool. think that's, that's, that, that's what I love about music now. Anyone making music, they can do that, you know? They don't, you, can have, you, can, you don't need to have social skills or have that kind of ability to sell yourself. You can just work at what you have belief in and just let it go, you know, just let people mm -hmm. hear it, let people find it, let people discover it, you know, there's no, you don't have to have, big, have this big marketing plan, you just, it's, I love all that, I'm, you know. I'm very bad at the quote-unquote hustle, like, I can't mm. do that, because yeah. I just, I feel weird doing it, yeah. but I guess all, I, what I am good at, what I like doing is, I do like interacting with people, and I like, um, I like being nice, mm. <laughs> so I think I think having a little bit of a um, a genuine, I guess like nice personality helps because it makes you more approachable and people are more likely to like hit you up for stuff. But at the end of the day, like it's really cool that I could I I didn't have to like put myself out there. I'm really bad at like 
contacting people. I'm pretty shy. Right. So I just don't want to be a burden or bother mm -hmm. them. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's pretty cool that I, I could get all of that stuff out without having to really uh, hustle. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's really. And, and how do you feel about, um, I guess you, you probably get like a lot of feedback from different streams of kind of social media and um, I guess blogs and review sites and different types of media like what what do you feel about the kind of feedback in general whether it's kind of people on Facebook or Instagram or wherever or whether it's like just a comment or someone actually writing a full review of your stuff like how do you feel when you kind of read that sort of stuff um it's it's pretty motivating to be honest like a lot of people talking to me about how my music makes them feel it motivates me to write more and to take this whole thing a little more seriously because when I released that album I wasn't taking music seriously at all like I was just like all right here it's recorded like it's posted I can forget about it but mm -hmm. then like opportunities started to happen and people were really receptive to it so I was like oh shit like maybe I should really put more effort and time into this because it's it, I, something I genuinely enjoy and it helps people right so I don't know there's like people who are negative but you know hate is gonna hate and at yeah. the end of the day it's it's for me like and as long as I'm happy I, I mean sorry that my music didn't satisfy you the way you <laughs> wanted to be satisfied but it's for me at the end of the day <laughs> sure yeah Cool, man. So that's kind of like dirt off the shoulders sort of shit. Yeah, I get a lot of hate for being a girl, actually. Like, to be a female in the music industry is such a such a hard double-edged sword. Because on one hand, people are like, oh, you get so much more visibility. I wish I was a cute little girl playing guitar. But then on the other hand, it's so hard to be respected. Like, because people will just attribute all your success and all of your accomplishments to the fact that you're a girl. Yeah. And uh, I, know, I have people... Yeah flat out say um girls can't play guitar or like nice try like go back to the kitchen like stuff like that real original <laughs> right okay yeah so it, I, I, I i've got i know over the years i've known i know a lot of women in the music industry this they nothing's changed you know nothing's changed for them you know yeah. you know from like 20 odd years ago to, to now it's just the exact, the exact same for you as it was for them you know and it's fuck all has changed you know it's mm -hmm. really really despicable that the attitudes of people to women in, in the music industry it's just it's awful you know it, it, it is awful and it's also interesting um to kind of think what's going on for the people that are saying stuff like that like what it it must well, be well. One first and foremost, the fucking sure. idiots, you know. Right. So well, yeah, yeah. You've got they are. Yeah. You know, for anyone to say anything sexist to, to a girl because she's playing drums, playing guitar, based on the fact of her gender, is just, it's just, it's like, come on, Dave. It's two thousand fifteen. Let's get. I think it's irrelevant at the end of the day. Like, it's it sucks, especially being in a field where it's very technical oriented, like. For some reason, I think guitar has become something where it's like, oh, like, let me flex my muscles and mm. show you how manly I am by mm. shredding your face off. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm. I like for some reason, it's become kind of like a masculine thing. But I don't know. Music is genderless. Like anyone can has the right to play music. For me, like what's been the hardest is balancing image and also like 
I guess, ability slash talent. Because on one hand, like, people have told me, you're stupid for not playing the image card. Like, you should totally post more selfies and, you know, like, be more, like, sexual. I, I can't do that. But, like, people have told me, like, you should flaunt that card because it'll get you far. But I don't necessarily agree because it's, like, short-term gratification. Like, yeah, people will notice because it's, like, you know, like, a girl. But at the end of the day, like, they won't respect you because they, they, they'll be, like, you're – like all of that has come from your image, and you're not really—I don't know. Well, sure. I think music should be like for, about for music. me. That <laughs> you're right. You're totally yeah, right. you're totally right. It doesn't like that. That feels like that's pushing for a completely different thing. Like which, uh, yeah, it seems to me like from everything you said to me, it seems like you're kind of like music and stuff like that. And um, though it is you that's that's creating that, and it's nice to see that it, it, it's you doing it. Um. I guess if you were pushing like your kind of image like in a certain way, like in a sexualized way or whatever, I don't feel like it would it wouldn't connect anyway. I don't think with, with yeah, the type of I like, kind of roll my eyes when I see videos like there's like like best girl guitarist and it's just like her boobs like oh, <laughs> like yeah, in the yeah. frame because it's like wow that's like so it's so transparent what you're doing, but I mean. Not that I'm against anyone loving their body and, like, flaunting it and being confident. Like, that's empowering. That's great. But I think there's so many years of sexism just in embedded in the music industry. Like, mm. as a girl, you're kind of dictated, like, what your role is supposed to be. Like, pop stars and stuff, like, you have to have sex appeal. You have to use your image. Like, there's very few examples of pop stars and just, like, girl musicians where it's, like, genuinely about the music. And when you think of her, you don't think about what she's wearing or her face you think about her music mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know it's hard like I would definitely rather be on team music for music's sake sure. but it's tricky because because these these days everything is I guess you have to compete with so many people and I don't know like to get noticed it's hard I, I sympathize for for women <laughs> in the music industry it's really hard it do, I, I mean I can imagine it being almost even more kind of like it as you're saying in like the kind of technical kind of side like guitar, especially like technical guitar kind of as you say it is kind of does seem like a, almost like you know going to the gym sort of thing like yeah. you know like flexing <laughs> like kind of the tread and stuff and it's um yeah difficult world to get into and it's something that I guess I don't like to speak about too much from my perspective because I, I, yeah I feel like my perspective doesn't really matter as much as yours because I can't I can't really empathize up to, I can only empathize up to a point like um, I think it matters like hmm. dialogue like this is important and like it's cool to have you know the other side of the story as well sure well yeah I mean I, I, I enjoy yeah you just enjoy music I mean it's for me like I wish there was there was more um female um, kind of in math rock. Everyone seems to hate the phrase math rock now, but <laughs> it's what we're doing the show on. So. Um, but it, why do people hate it? It's so silly. I to think hate it's 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 because it's so married with so many different genres. So if you say yeah. math rock, people are like, well, what do you mean, man? Do you mean like kind of jazz infused stuff, or do you mean like kind of post rocky instrumental? Or do you mean it, it can mean so many things? So people are like start arguing straight away. <laughs> um, but yeah in that whole kind of scene whether it be like kind of like a technical kind of post-rocky rock 
pop, mathy stuff. Female artists seem to be quite um, underrepresented. Uh, Marnie Stern, um, who I really, really yeah. like, who's kind of in that genre. Um, but I, I mean, I can't think of that many other. That that there's a. I think Tricot. Tricot is that is the Japanese yeah. uh, all girl um, band. There's High Sweet Anasa, who has a female key- singer keyboardist, I think, and then there's uh, uh, Uchu Kombini. They're like they have a girl bass player, Elephant Jim. Okay. There, she's like a Taiwanese. There's a few, but it seems to be very, very much in Asia. Like right, Asia okay. seems to. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Fair enough. Hmm. Oh, I have, we'll have to check those out, man. I'll send you a list. <laughs> I'm always so stoked to see girls show up to math rock shows. Like sure. shows I play, I always expect it to be a complete sausage fest. Cause it's like a <laughs> bunch of like metal bands, like prog bands. But then like I'll see like this gl- this girl and I'll be like, oh my God. It's so cool because when I went on tour with Chan, like I thought it would just be a bunch of dudes. But then at the end, I had like a bunch of girls come up and be like, oh my God, like... I'm so excited to see you. Like mm-hmm. you're like, you know, a, a role model for me. And sure. to me, that's, it's really, really, um, it's like a lot of responsibility, but also it's really cool. That must that be really cool. Yeah. Look up to me. <laughs> I'm like such a goob. <laughs> I'm like, you're mistaken. <laughs> but, um, it's really cool. It makes me feel optimistic about the future of, I don't know, like segregation of genders in certain genres of music. Because I think, you know, there's something for everyone. It doesn't have to be like, oh, guys, listen to this. Guys, play this. Girls are doomed to play, like, gentle folk pop <laughs> like yeah. for the, the rest of their lives. I don't know. It's cool. No, it's great. It's great that, that, that you, you're drawing females, other girls to your shows. You know what I mean? I think that's the, the, with... Because it does seem to be an exclusive a boy exclusive zone that whole ma- see I, I I know very little of the math world. The ma- yeah the math I don't know the, the the experience I've had of the math world is it's quite gentle like math rock seems to be fairly like everyone seems to be quite nice but it does seem to be not on Reddit. <laughs> not on Reddit. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, everyone's dicks on Reddit. Like I see the most sexism on Reddit. Reddit. But then it's Reddit. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't use yeah. Reddit really. No, I don't no, know. No. I've heard like but, yeah. I don't really know what Reddit is. I'm gonna be honest. It's just a forum. It's, it's just like f- just a forum that people talk about anything and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. A- it's a forum where people with big opinions like to talk about their opinions and feel like pe- their opinions matter. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay, so yeah. you've not had a good experience on Reddit or that, no, that's just what it is. In that's general, exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well put. Of it. I mean, it's it's mixed. Uh, there, it's just I see the most sexism on Reddit. That's the main thing. It just it just is funny to me because I'm like, it's 2015. Was Come on. was it Reddit? <laughs> I don't know if it's Reddit or or 4chan or something. Um, uh, uh, a woman in. A band over here who are, I think they're quite big over in the states at the moment as well. Churches. Um, oh yeah, churches. Yeah, sure. With the V for the she um, recently got like a whole bunch of flack on it. It was either Reddit or 4chan for their latest video. Uh-huh. Um, there was a massive kind of um, thread of really misogynistic, um, sexist, 
um, violent sexual kind of um, language. And she kind of pulled them up on it. And it was it was a really big story over here, like on NME and, and even kind of on the BBC She's and stuff. She was on Channel 4 News. She was on Channel 4 News, yeah. I think Why that was... What was the... What she is, was basically what was like. It's sorry. It's, it was just their music video. It was just it. It was just her singing a song. Uh, she was wearing a dress. Uh, just her singing a song, and then all of the videos were uh, all of the comments. Sorry, in the video, and then there was much more extreme comments on Reddit. I think. Um, it, she, she in the past as well. It kind of uh, takes it more head on rather than ignoring it. She'd be like, "Well, fuck you, <laughs> you know you." Um, I, I think they take responsibility for what yeah, you're saying, sort yeah. of thing. I, th- I think she basically just kind of responded to all those ass, arses, these assholes that just um, were abusing her. You know, she just kind of stood up to it. She went, "Fuck you," you know. You have no right. You know, show your face. You know, she kind of just brought them to task on it, and the media kind of picked up. on Yeah, that. she was almost just highlighting it, like, "Listen, this yeah, is this is the do, thing yeah. that's happened." Like. I guess, like, what w- what do you think about that? I mean, with you, do you do you ignore it or because it feels like if you kind of if you rise to it, that's kind of what they want or like it. Sometimes they want to get a reaction. I think it's important to when someone's being completely inappropriate to call them out on it because yeah. they probably think like, oh, you're too timid or too meek to like respond. I get a lot of creepy comments. I get a lot of weird, like, fetishizing, I don't know, be it related to my my ethnicity or my gender or, like, what I do. Like, people say really weird shit. Like, and sometimes I'll, I most of the time ignore it because I, I frankly don't have time to respond to, to everything. <laughs> but um, sometimes occasionally they'll say something that's really aggressive or violent or really, really sexist that kind of incenses me and I will respond like I get people saying stuff like oh like I'm gonna impregnate you or like um oh I you should make like a sexual tape with blah 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 blah. and it's like come on that's like I'll just I'll usually I'm not aggressive about it I usually say something playful like wow you like you, you you thought about that and you still typed it and you still press send that's miraculous like that's crazy it, it, <laughs> but, it is yeah it really is that someone would feel like they have the ma- right to do that i guess it's, yeah i got a three page email or three paragraph email about how someone th- listened to one of my instrumental songs for my band and he said that he saw he heard he heard in that song that i was meant to be with him and that he was like basically got to do whatever it takes for us to be together <laughs> it's very alarming oh, yeah. and then i I got another one where he wanted to like wash my feet. I don't know. There's this uh, there's this band Ko Dot, um, okay. and um, there's there's a Japanese violinist in that band named Mia Matsumiya. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She recently got a lot of exposure in the media because she took all of the texts and messages she's re- compiled over years and years, um, and she made an Instagram account called uh, uh, I think uh, Perv Magnet. Right. And she po- she posts them and she basically puts people on blast. Um I I don't know if I don't know if I would have done that because I feel bad cuz some of these people have like mental illnesses obviously mm-hmm. and I don't feel very good like you know like I w- I don't want to use the word exploit but I don't feel good like giving them shit because it's like wow like you can't you don't understand what you're saying. But at the same time like 
it's important to crack down when things are wrong and I don't know it's it's interesting it's just it's just interesting to me I don't necessarily think it's the right or wrong way to deal with it I think it just varies stylistically from person to person like I'm very non-confrontational so I'd rather just ignore it and I think I it doesn't really affect me in any way I just have a chuckle and move mm-hmm. on <laughs> sure man we'll 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 come away from that uh for now and so that could you maybe tell us just a wee bit of background about adventure spirit yeah um i wrote that song for my bird that died um and it was just uh i don't know i love that little guy <laughs> and i was i wanted a song that sounded like um like optimistic and like kind of just beautiful uh and I wanted it to be about basically being free in the forest. I sound like such a hippie. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, Every um, song is like, know. I want to be free in a forest <laughs> right now. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> um, Painting yourself. No. <laughs> No, just but, your writer um, for every gig. It's like there has to be a forest. Um, <laughs> so you, forest, you, you make that happen. Incense, candles, <laughs> <laughs> trees, no. mainly trees, moss, <laughs> stones, um, <laughs> rolling um, lakes, rolling lakes, rolling streams, rolling, rolling, rolling what? Streams, what rivers, rolling brooks. What What's hell's, the trickly thing? Hell's rails. No, hell's roll. There's running streams. Running streams. So, so that's babbling brooks. Babbling brooks. So Babbling brooks. Put that for your next rider, man. Just be like uh, seven bottles of water and a full fucking forest. And if it's not there, you know, I'm not playing. That's the deal. Right. And that's how I never get booked for any tours ever again. So <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that song's basically about exploring the forest and being really optimistic. I wanted to convey a sense of youth and like wonder. Um, and then I thought cello would make it more emotional. I always wanted, like, the stuff I'm doing in, with my future stuff is, um, the stuff I'm doing with my future stuff, wow, I'm so great <laughs> at vocabulary. Um, <laughs> uh, so eloquent. Um, I, I basically want to do more, like, um, soundtracky stuff. Like, I've been writing things on piano, incorporating math rock, but I want to layer it with guitar and as many street. I play violin, so, like, violin if I can and like hum vocals I don't know it's kind of like the direction of where I want to head with my stuff more full more layered less lo-fi cinematic uh, cinematic cinematic, yes
pumped because I literally just finished uh, filming for our first music video ever, which um, was really fun because we made everything in it. Like basically, it's based off of my band Covet's uh, song "Sea Dragon," mm-hmm. and it, the the protagonist in the story is this dragon, and it's made up of me, my bass player, and my drummer. Oh shit! And I made this big plaster head for it. And um, I decorated it, and it looks it looks really shiny. And basically, it's about us like frolicking through nature and like returning a forest, to the sea. For a forest into the sea. The forest. Please, oh my god! Is there a forest? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a forest. <laughs> There's a forest. So Being good. free in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. And I'm really excited about that because uh, it's. Um, I don't know. I for me, like I, I care about music, but I'm also an, a visual artist. Yeah. So did I you make the dragon? Did you make the dragon? Yeah. Oh, sweet! I, did. I can't wait to see it. Um, I really can't wait to see it. That's gonna be cool. I think if I have the ability to create visuals, strong visuals, and write music, like mm-hmm. the two totally go hand in hand, and like this is kind of an opportunity for us to like show that, like, hey, like we're into art <laughs> yeah i think the, the visual like so. like for me like i for, for all my releases that i do for like um i, I was in a band before and trapped I, in kansas yeah and love them oh thanks man and and with my own stuff as well i do, i do uh and my mom my mom did all the artwork for for everything oh wow so like i, I like having like a consistent a consistency to to the artwork so i think it's cool like obviously for you you do the artwork so there's a consistency there um which I yeah really i do all of our merch designs and album art too so i feel like if i from a i don't know from a business standpoint which i don't like i i just want to build it up as like kind of like a like i want the image to be consistent and i want it to be like not only music but like art like kind of like fantasy nature art all that stuff. Emotional. I want it to be emotional. Sure. Sure. That's what it should be. And how, how, do, you, how do you like uh, playing in a band as as opposed to playing on your own? I love it. It's so cool collaborating with musicians, especially musicians on the same page. Like sometimes I don't, I'm really, I really, really won the lottery when it comes to um, David and Keith, my, my band members, because we're not only best friends, but... Um, we like read each other's minds and we have this exact same demented sense of humor. So we just, uh, I don't know, like take the piss out of each other all the time and, and read each other's minds and write music together. And it's just like, it feels like having fun, just mm. hanging out. And it, it takes the pressure off of um, having to put out music because we just do it naturally when we're together. Sure. And um, I guess compared to solo stuff, like I do like solo music. I like writing stuff. I still how I write stuff for the band is I still kind of just like withdraw in my room and write a song and I bring it to band practice. I'm like, check this out. How do you like this for structure? And I take feedback and criticism and if they want to tweak anything that works. But, um, in terms of performing, I don't like being on stage alone cause I have horrible stage fright and I get nervous having to be the only sound that people hear. Yeah. <laughs> if I mess up, everyone hears that. It kind of brings back post-traumatic stress from when I did piano competitions and recitals, mm. like in a quiet concert hall. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear a pin drop, someone coughs. It was like a big deal. Like, I, I don't like that. But when you're in a band, like the attention is less on you and it's kind of on uh, everyone. And it's you just get to have fun with your friends on stage. So mm-hmm. 
Cool, man. I'm really glad you mentioned humor, man. I think humor is like has what's it's it what it is what gets you through like everything. I think because I mean I I haven't been on tours anywhere near as long as your tours or as far reaching, but I find if you're like in a close space with like four or five people, like kind of stuck up with them for like four or five days, you need like humor to to get through that kind of. Um, like, I mean, there's nothing better really than just being able to like, kind of just hang out with four mates for like a week or so, but yeah, if you, if you especially through the, the hard humor. times, <laughs> but if yeah, like if when, you have some tough times where like the promoter is just like, you're not getting paid and also your amp blows up on the night or something like that, you yeah. need to have that kind of that humor there <laughs> or things can get a bit bleak, I guess. <laughs> You have to, it's kind of like being in a relationship with four people, like sure. you have to just, or three people in my case, two people, sorry, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't do math, <laughs> but we can't be part of the math rock community. <laughs> <laughs> um, you basically have to be really open and direct with communication because when you're in that closed space with people going through hard times, you know, toughing it out, you know, in some, some cases not eating regularly, like um, mm. you have to basically communicate, not take things personally. Otherwise things kind of eat away at you and you have to be able to laugh at when everything goes wrong cause, and not take yourself too seriously. Like we definitely don't take ourselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. We crack down when we have to crack down, but at the end of the day, we just, we just are here to have fun and travel and make as many friends as we can. <laughs> cool. Man. That sounds great. W- one, one last thing for me then, um, is hear the phrase, math rock like what 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 do you think about what what do you feel it is it's a very i think it's a broad term especially because these days math rock is like branching off into so many different amalgamations of genres like you get like the jazzier math rock and you get like the kind of like more i don't know like grungy dawn cab-esque math rock bands um and then you get like more twinkly like I don't know, melodic based stuff that's clean guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think the one cohesive thing that brings it all together is the experimental nature of it. Weird time signatures, of course. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, I don't know, like irregular song structures. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think that would, that's the pretty, pretty sync. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really a big math work guy, but. No, it uh, fucks the shit out of me. It fucks the shit out it of you. It fucks the shit out of me. That is a horror, horrible <laughs> phrase. But what is that? What does? What does? What do you like? I like a lot of everything. You know, I like a lot. I like. I, I, I like. I like artists who are kind of pushing things sonically, uh, mm. and just even. But but I think there's just there's a structure. I have a structure problem with my throat. Changes too. It's quickly. like you get a bar of something, then like three bars of something else, and four bars of something else. And it's just too fucked up from a. It's a little bit uh, um, ADD, like yeah, some bands. Uh-huh. I think there's some bands that it's varied. Like there's some bands that adhere to like more traditional song structures, but just incorporate like strange time signatures here and there. Mm. And then there's some bands where it's like, just like random idea. It doesn't. It's not very cohesive. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't flow yeah. very well. I, see, I, I, I think if I was to kind of if I, if I was to have if I had to choose a genre. See, there's two things I don't really like. One is that that I've struggled to kind of deal with, um, and one is rock itself. 
just homogenised man rock. It's just disgust. It kind of disgusts me. And the other <laughs> the other thing is um, jazz. Jazz just gives me. It just freaks me out. So when people can, <laughs> when people when people combine, and when you combine the when two, you combine those two, I'm like, ah! Jazz freaks me out. I love that. That that quote is amazing. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm, I'm glad that my stuff doesn't make you sick. Yeah, oh, so am I. Otherwise, the conversation would be very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to play another tune? Just like fucking going for the mute yeah. button. Like, <laughs> so, oh, God. Yeah. Here it comes again. So, um, so, the whole math world for me is a kind of, you know, I've just sort of dipped my toe. But I'm interested to hear these, these two or three bands you've mentioned, though. I mean, I'll send over more that I think you would like, because, like, for me, I went through a phase where I, when I first discovered math rock, I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to all this obscure stuff that is hard to get into because it's it's obscure and cool yeah, and makes me... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, and then one day I was like, you know, I don't, I shouldn't have to, like, convince myself to get into the music. Absolutely. Like, I should just, it should just happen, you know? So I started listening to more subdued, less aggressive, less weird stuff and these days that's where I draw my influence from. I actually listen to a lot of shoegaze and like indie pop and yeah. anything catchy really. Anything with a with a, a hook that like gets you because mm. ultimately if you want a song to stay in someone's mind if you want someone to like want to listen to your song mm. you got to get stuck in their head right? There seems so. to be like that kind of 90s emo or late 90s early 2000s emo like influence that I can hear in your stuff a little bit like that kind of American football Sort of uh, yeah. going through like um, the other bands around there are a bit more aggressive, like Cap- like all all the bands of the Kinsella brothers, basically like Captain Jazz and other bands that kind yeah. like um, Alda John. What's super f- f- funny is I make posts all the time, like semi kind of sarcastic posts on Facebook about how I'm like really inspired. By Puddle of Mud and Celine Dion, and like, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, but then there's some truth truth in it. Yeah, Celine Dion's I do got lo- amazing I love, I love Puddle of Mud. Like, I it's it's like a guilty pleasure. Like '90s butt rock. Like they have some catchy melodies in there, and it's like, I'm I'm into it. <laughs> you know what's like eat, it's, eating me up inside right now is uh, it's just been for the last few months. Like the last fucking three songs that Justin Bieber has released, <laughs> I love. <laughs> All of them. Like, <laughs> Brian's face is so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, where are you now? What do you mean? And I'm sorry. Brilliant melodies, brilliant production. Oh, lyrics are okay. Like, and it's Justin Bieber. Uh, <coughs> but I, I, fu- I, I like love those tunes, man. I don't know if it's me like starting to malfunction or something like that. But <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I, I've, I've. I genuinely not even just be like, hey, hate Justin Bieber. I, I generally haven't cared for anything else he's released before, but the last three songs in a row, I've found something in all of them that I've really liked. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, totally that's cool. why totally pop cool. music is know, catchy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I, they, I think they've maybe got to a point with Justin Bieber where the balance between art and business has got to a point like, Listen, we need to we need to prioritize art a little bit here to make the most money to get people back on track. I mean, to be fair to Justin Bieber, he was just melt to fucking death. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, from whatever age he was, you know. And yeah. I think he's like a, a man now, and he's like, All right, fucking stop! I want to do what I want to do. Yeah, you know? he's a, a reasonably talented dude. I think, like a singer or whatever. But 
Yeah, I feel yeah, I feel like the 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 whole management and whatever around him has suddenly been like, okay, like let's like to to really bring him back, it's going to be more profitable to release stuff that is artistically slightly more. I I feel that that's happened. I th- I think for him now, profit doesn't really matter. You know, I don't think profit's anything to do with it. He no, doesn't I need any more. Well, he the, money the people who are around him need profit though. Yeah, and but that's yeah, no, but I think as an artist, you can get to a point where you can go, "Fuck you, I'm going to do what nah, I want." Nah, man, he's nowhere near. He's not. There. Yes, he is. He's fucking he did. Nah. <laughs> he's minty. He's, you should look at Miley. You should have a separate podcast yeah. that just discusses Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I, I, for me, Miley Cyrus <laughs> has got to a point where. She just does whatever the fuck she wants. You and know? it's terrible, really bad. That thing with, oh my God, the thing with um, flaming lips. This is what I was just going to bring up. Oh. What did she do? She, she, did, she an she's album. done an album with flaming lips called like, Miley Cyrus and, De- and her dead pets. Wow. It's um, brutally bad. I think it's interesting. Really? I think it's interesting. Uh, uh, I think it's worth a listen. It's such a shame because I, I I was actually quite excited about it because I, I do like Flaming Lips, but it was <laughs> it was exactly what. Like, the, anyway, well, that's that's another thing. Um, <laughs> but but, uh, but it's just an example of these like these kids who were brought up in the, kind of the Disney Disney TV Nickelodeon world and having success at that and then going through the oh let's discover drugs phases and mm. they're beyond that now you know. So I think I think I think I think the game's different for them, you know. Yeah. But I think you're right, Yvette. It's a different. It's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. That one. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wasn't saying that to passive aggressively. <laughs> like maybe you guys just, should go and talk somewhere else. I know you were. I know you were. Um, so sort of okay, you would just, do, just Brian. checking. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, man. I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm I'm out of ammo, like, but um, I guess. Have you got anything else, Yvette? Before I do the whole thank yous and all that. Um, I mean, I just want to say I really appreciate you two having me on your podcast, and I was really excited to be on it. I hope I didn't say anything too stupid. <laughs> like, no, no. Um, thank you. You've been amazing. I, You've been amazing. I've never heard your music until the last in the last few days. Um, I, I, and <laughs> uh, so are, are known about you, but so I'm really thankful for fin- um, let me hear you and to have a chat with you and hear your stuff and hear more of your stuff and I look forward to meeting you hopefully. Uh, but yeah, thank you so so much for you know taking the time to speak to us and stuff. And it's been really absolutely. It, yeah, it's been fascinating, man. It's been re- really interesting. Um, I would love to talk more about songwriting and like music therapy and stuff like when I hang. Yeah, man, <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay, we'll cool. we'll say goodbye for now. And, yeah. All right. Um, we'll speak um, to you soon. Great. Thank you so much. No you guys worries. have a lovely evening. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Okay. Have a lovely day. Hey, man. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> hey, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so that was. Yvette? It was. It was Yvette. Yeah. We crushed that interview, I think. I think it's the best interview I've heard that we've done. It's the fucking only interview we've done. Yeah. But I think it's going to be the start of a few. It's at least another one. At least a few. At least another one. Yeah. Um, The next time it would probably be um, someone else. Aye. Yeah. We're going to interview someone else next time. And we'll be hearing 
other stuff mm-hmm. and you can tune in to that when it's ready tune in is that what you do aye just make sure you get it you know you've got to like dial the knob dial the knob just perfect yeah tune at in the right time tune in yeah. and subscribe and follow subscribe, us on subscribe and follow follow us on um, Twitter yes no Yes, yes, you yeah. actually got it right. You always get it wrong. Follow us on Twitter and like us on fucking book. Like us on Facebook. Okay, and yeah, page, page name. Oh, we don't have one yet. Finn and Brian. Finn and Brian. Twitter name. Finn and Brian. There we go. Instagram name. Finn and Brian. Bebo name. Finn and Brian. MySpace name. <laughs> Is that us then? Right, oh, oh, comment and review. Comment and review. Oh, yeah. Apparently, aye. that's good. I hear all the other podcasts going, like, can you please comment and review? Okay. Even if you think it's shit, say something. You know, it means you've, it means you've been affected one way or t'other. Ah, if you're listening to this, then you're fucking idiot. If you think it's shit, you're still listening to this. Oh, you can't <laughs> see people are idiots, can you? Aye, but they've listened to something for like fucking two hours. <laughs> And then, then we'd write, oh, that was really shit, that was two hours worth of real shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. And then we can call them fucking idiots if we like them, can't we? Already have. Already have, right, okay. Okay, bye. See ya.